Hello and welcome to this episode of Invest Africa Insights. Only a handful of business schools in Africa are recognised and ranked globally. Asia Pacific, meanwhile, where the explosion of MBAs has gone hand in hand with economic development, boasted a record 12 schools in the FT's top 50 last year. To help us understand the capacity development gap in Africa and how global business schools can help fill it, I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Katie Montgomery, Associate Dean of INSEAD, one of the world's largest business schools dating back to 1957. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Eleanor. Um, INSEAD is very excited about working um, with Invest in Africa. Um, so to sort of jump straight into it then, perhaps just to, to start us off, you could explain a bit about the history um, of INSEAD. And I mentioned there that you were founded back in 1957 in Europe. So how does that sort of heritage, that post-war European heritage inform the school? Yes. Now? So we have a very um, interesting beginning. Um, we were founded as a business school um, right after World War II. So the idea was using as a business as a way to find peace and prosperity across war-torn Europe. So we brought in our first group of students, and the idea is that they had to be fluent in three languages, and the courses were taught in three different languages. So, for example, you might take strategy in English, marketing in French, and operations in German. And the idea was bringing people across Europe, and if you could get people to come together as a business school for the world, they could later go out and transform business which in turn, you know, could transform the world. And the idea is that we really do believe is that business is a vehicle to, you know, lift economies, um, to bring about peace, to um, bring about wealth, um, and to bring about innovation. And so it started actually in the Chateau of Fontainebleau. Um, and we had our first graduating class a little bit over 60 years ago. Um, and does that does that sort of ethos continue to to inform how you operate now? I mean, obviously, so now um, you're a global you're a global school and you've expanded out of Europe, you know, with, with global campuses. So what was that sort of that global move like and have you kept any of that sort of original ethos? Um, definitely have kept the original ethos. And in fact, with our current dean, Ilian Mihoff, he founded the Hof Hoffman Global Institute for Business and Society. So not only are we bringing in students and transforming them who will go out and transform business and transform the world, we are very dedicated to researching and thought leadership and dissemination of knowledge within this space. But growing beyond Europe was huge for us. We always had students, um, you know, come from Asia, come from the Americas, come from Africa. And the idea was one of our core principles is being close to business. And we were doing quite a bit of what we call executive education. So we were working with companies, you know, and I actually say working on issues that are ripped from the headlines where we could move very quickly and offer them training that they needed. And then we could apply those learnings. Um, to our degree programs. And so we started doing more and more work in Asia and we thought it's really important to be next door, you know, to have these conversations, to be able to um, inform and disseminate knowledge. And then um, about eight, nine years ago, we did the same in the Middle East, again, thinking it was important um, to have um, a physical space there, to have a physical presence of professors and students, again, learning from that area, but also disseminating, disseminating knowledge. And then likewise, a little bit over a year, we opened um, the Innovation Hub in San Francisco. So it's something for us um, is we like to walk the talk, which I think is part of that ethos as you know, business as a force for good. 
And we feel it's important to, to learn from those locations um, and then to also share our knowledge in those locations. Um, and how do you think sort of students benefit from being part then of now that global community? I mean, you know, whether you're on the original campus in France or you're in Singapore or you're in Abu Dhabi, how much connectivity do, do you get across those campuses? So we see quite a bit of connectivity. So, for example, um, we have a master's in management program um, and we just had our inaugural class join in August. They spend um, six months in Fontainebleau and then the cohort moves together to Singapore. And then they do modules based out of the Middle East, based out of China, based out of the um, United States. Likewise, 75 percent of our MBA program studies on more than one campus. And then our executive degrees, um, no matter where you start, for example, your executive MBA, they all go to Fontainebleau for two weeks in the summer to do electives. So all of those different campuses can engage and interact with one another. And then they also do something called key management challenges that are placed all over the world. So it is vitally important to who we are. Um, usually, if you're sitting in a classroom, there's no one country that represents more than 10 percent of the students in the room. So no one's a majority. So if you can imagine what that's like in a classroom, you are getting so many different opinions, viewpoints, backgrounds. And for us, the diversity is not just about your country, you know, of origin. It's also based um, on a host of different factors. What function you came from, what industry you came from, um, what's your past experience. You know, we look at all kinds of diversity because we feel as though that really brings about a conversation that can't really be, you know, duplicated anywhere else. Um, and you mentioned earlier, you know, the sort of this ethos of business as a, a force for good. Um, and, you know, when you're talking about the ideals the school was founded with, they're sort of really big objectives. Um, and you are sort of talking about shaping business leaders of the future and people who are going to be um, very influential um, in, in various fields. So um, I was curious to ask, what do you when you're sort of interacting with with MBA students you have now, what are the issues that you think? really um, matter most to them that, that in 10, 20 years time, we're going to be seeing these sort of executives of um, of global businesses care about? Right. Um, I think they definitely care about um, diversity. I think they care about diversity opinions at the table, learning from diversity. Um, I think they have a really good sense and want to really grow their knowledge in terms of you know, rising tides, I say, lift all boats. And so, you know, a you know strong country here is a strong country there. You know, if we can lift people out of poverty. So I think people are really interested in what diversity can do. Um, how can you spread knowledge? Um, what can you learn? What I think is really interesting is sustainable development. So, you know, how do you keep an economy growing and moving? We see students now more than ever are incredibly interested in technology, which I think plays directly into innovation. You know, and the example I give, you know, all the time is, um, you know, the iPhone was a new invention. But when the iPhone was brought to emerging countries and, you know, and was spread like wildfire, that was an innovation in and of itself because it was a new product. So you see things that are happening in emerging countries um, just through the iPhone, you know, it's bringing technology and people, you know, addressing um, society's issues and also being able to make a profit and do good. So I think they're definitely interested in that. And I think last but not least, 
they're leaders. So they're not just looking at the balance sheet and they're not just looking at the strategy. I really think they're looking at the capacity of people. You know, how do you create other great leaders? How do you coach? How do you mentor? Um, How do you inspire? And, And that's really a hard thing to do well, in addition to be able to doing the technical piece as well. And so I think that's another reason they're drawn to NCIAD because the diversity of what happens in the classroom really pushes your ability to listen, to hear, to advocate, to process, to synthesize. Um, and you mentioned there sort of this idea of, of building capacity behind you, um, you know, as well. So what role, you know, turning to Africa then more specifically, um, given that that's sort of um, my focus, even if if you you have a global view. Um, so what role do you see for sort of business schools like NCAD in in driving capacity development in Africa and sort of really growing um growing people with the te- with the technical skills with the kind of skills leadership skills that you've you've just described there right i think that's a great question and i think what's interesting is people always assume that the answer is going to be answered by saying let's educate more students coming from africa which that is definitely a goal for our, for us but what's important is getting more african students in the classroom so our students who are not from africa are aware of the possibilities, the opportunities, and, you know, and the strategy. So it really goes um, um, both ways. Um, Africa is incredibly important for us. In fact, we have two board members, um, one who is from Ghana and one is from Nigeria. So it's very important even at, you know, the advisory level to have a really good input of what is happening in Africa on the ground. We do what I think is a really neat and interesting program with our MBAs, and it's called um, Master Strategist Day. So if you can imagine um, in the fall, let's take our fall class, we bring in 500 students. So on Master Strategist Day, we have 500 students who are all working, that's 500 brains across the world, who are working on one particular strategy problem. And they work with um, a consulting group and we define that problem, then everyone works on it. And so in 2019, that program um, was about a number of clinics that were nurse-owned and nurse-operated based out of South Africa. So we had 500 students working on um, that problem. We had a group that actually came up with the winning kind of solution to help these clinics um, grow and scale up to 1,000 clinics by 2023. And then what was so great is a subset of those were able to take an elective the following um, period and actually talk about executing that strategy. We flew them to South Africa. They engaged. So it's it's getting input. It's teaching it in class. It's um, it's having thought leadership, but it's actually going on the ground and working. And so you're comfortable in the environment and you're understanding kind of what the the needs and skills required are. Um, and you sort of maybe started to touch on on it there. Um, but, you know, obviously, I suppose there's not necessarily two schools of thought, but two sort of complementary, perhaps, trends where you want to have more sort of local business schools in Africa, African business schools. And then there's also the global business um, schools, the sort of established um, business schools who who are sort of who are now you know quite a few of them looking looking at the continent there's almost a bit of a competition there maybe as a as a new market so so for a, you know for a business school like yourself that's that's very established and 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 very large already um why you why 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 are you looking at africa or well for for me personally and i know this is part of what NCI thinks is 
I think um, I remember one time um, hearing um, somebody from who had previously worked for GE within the country and came in and um, someone said, OK, you've got a dollar to invest in China or you have a dollar to invest in Africa. And and they said, look, the sure bet is China, but the biggest returns could be in Africa. So I think, first of all, anyone who knows what the economy is doing, the innovation, um, the the gender roles that are carried in Africa, and we're seeing women entrepreneurship there. Um, it's just a great um, learning space. There's going to be a lot of growth. It's going to be a way for people to challenge. And I think, you know, it's actually the future of business. Um, but I think what's also super important for us is we may have people who don't physically go to Africa, but will do work with Africa in the future. And we know the countries that are predominantly moving in. And so it's very important for us to give all of our students exposure to Africa, because even though they might not be physically located there in the future, they will be engaging, you know, um, and collaborating, you know, on business matters. So, so that for us is also really important. And I think last but not least, you know, I do think business is a force for good. I mean, we're looking at, you know, sustainable development. We're looking at issues of gender. Um, and what I think is super interesting is really the crossroads of business, government, technology, infrastructure. You know, these are the exact really complex, multifaceted issues that our students, you know, want to be exposed to. Yeah, no, and it's interesting you say, you know, you're tying into that sort of diversity piece because um, it's sort of challenging because Africa has its own specific um, specific business environments. And so, you know, you can't just take, um, you know, a model that's been developed in another market for, you know, for a US market or a European market, for example, and then just sort of parachute, um, parachute that into other contexts. So it's it's about sort of understanding, having people who understand that when you're looking at a new, um, a different market, uh, or even you know within Africa as well, a specific country that that that, that has its sort of specificities um, as well. Yeah, and you definitely see it a lot in the technology piece and the specific ways, as you were saying, that technologies are applied one way in one market, and then you take them into another context, and it's completely different because it's a different set of challenges. Business different set of challenges. And I think it's it's I think our students come in and that's part of the transformation is in addition, you know, it's very traditional in um, business schools to do what is called the case method. You read a case and then you have some, you know, your professor facilitates a discussion, ask probing questions. But then we also have study groups. What I think is so interesting is within that study group, we also do something called the um, professional leadership development program. So we are actually within this group, and it's usually the most diverse group students have ever worked in, usually five different nationalities, a mix of genders, a mix of backgrounds in terms of functions and section, um, excuse me, um, different industries they've worked for. And they're actually talking about what do you do in a group? When are you projecting on others? You know, when are people transferring, you know, their their baggage on you? When are you not listening? You know, when are you not being open minded? And so you're actually giving people the space to have these, what I would say, kind of awkward conversations that are things we need to do in order to be open-minded and comfortable and being aware of those very significant differences, but great opportunities to collaborate. Um, so thinking sort of a little bit about, about the future, then I'm sure it'd be um, useful for people listening, whether they're sort of, um, whether they're sort of an aspiring 
uh, MBA student from Africa or whether they're, you know, just sort of have an interest in um, in business, you know, across the, the continent. Have you got any examples of sort of career trajectories um, that your that your students have taken um, sort of relevant to, to Africa? Yes, definitely. Um, what I think is is most exciting is sometimes not everyone went back to Africa immediately. Sometimes it was, you know, they made a few stops in Europe, you know, in the Americas and then um, then went in. But, you know, we have an example of, you know, people who came from a legal background, you know, practices as a lawyer, did some teaching, then came to NCIAD and ended up returning back to Nigeria, their home country. Um, and are now working um, for as a special advisor to the Minister of Finance, Budget and National Planning. Um, so it was and this is someone to give an example that has a truly global background is from Nigeria, did an undergraduate degree in Canada, did a law degree in the United States and then did um, an MBA at NCAD, um on different campuses. So is really taking that global outlook and that ability to kind of collaborate and work with others and is taking it and is engaging directly, um, you know, with the, the local and national government. We have another amazing um, alum who was the very first um, woman from Ghana who was CEO of a telecom company. And so she graduated from NCIAD, had a very interesting career, took that job and is now with Morgan Stanley. Um, in the meantime, she also wrote a book. <laughs> so you, we do see a lot of people who might start their career in one of our major locations, um, get some training, get some more kind of experience, and then take back that skill set to Africa. And we see that very often also. Um, and so to, to sort of um, begin to to wrap up, if you were, if you were speaking to um, prospective African MBAs and they're, they're looking at uh, the range of, of business school options on offer, why why should they consider um, INSEAD as a as a good option for them? Well, first of all, I can tell you, I've never met more students that are not only IQ, but, you know, and, and are very strong and bright and quick learners, but also the EQ, which I think is just even more important when you're leading and managing um, and trying to build capacity in all sorts of ways. It's truly a global experience. It will push you like nothing um, you've ever had before. It will transform you. And I think also it's, it's, got a real bang for the buck. You know, we are a, you know, 10 month program. So what is normally a two year program in, in most countries is a 10 month program. So you're only stepping out of the workforce for a year. But I think what that also does is our students more than any other student I've ever seen are really able to prioritize and they understand the benefits and liabilities of doing this versus that. And to be completely honest, that's a lot what life is all about. And, and, and as soon as you add in family, friends, volunteering, you know, you know, your health and wellness, plus really being a rock star at work, that's a skill that that you've got to learn and you've really got to take in at the beginning of your management career. And I think that's another unique lens. But what I do tell students all the time is we have an amazing recruiting team. So I always tell people, talk to the recruiter, ask the hard questions. And and do your due diligence. You know, there's a right decision for everyone, but you've got to be curious and do a little bit of the homework to figure out where the best um, match is for you. 
Um, and just briefly, because you mentioned there the bang for your buck, and I'm sure that's on lots of people's um, minds as well, obviously. Um, so do you have any programs or scholarships or things like, you know, along those lines that, that are available to African students or any student, I suppose? We do. It is such um, an interest of ours that um, we have a number of scholarships and they range anywhere from $10,000 to actual full tuition. Um, and we have 11 scholarships that are solely dedicated to students coming from Africa. That doesn't mean students from Africa are just limited to those. It's just the only people who are going to be awarded those are students coming from Africa. So it is definitely something that we've committed to on, on that end of um, the decision making, too. Great. And for anybody who's interested, there will be some links in the description as well to, um, to a few more details about INSEAD and some of those scholarship options as well. Um, Katie, I, I always like to sort of end um, by sort of putting people on a positive, a positive <laughs> note, um, because, um, you know, our goal um, is to be sort of bullish about investing in Africa, investing in people in businesses and, you know, in everything. So um, and I think this might be an easier question for you than some other people, because <laughs> you because you work with sort of, um, you know, sort of rising talent and younger people. Mm -hmm. um, so what's the sort of what's the, the trend that you find perhaps when you're interacting with with students that makes you feel the most sort of optimistic and and positive about about the future, um, particularly in emerging markets like Africa, but but also the business future more generally? I think there has been a real commitment to give back. And I think there is a real feeling and dedication to you know, those who have should share. And I see it with the um, African Business Leadership Club. I see it with the NCAA Women in Business Club. I've even seen it, you know, during this time of COVID, you know, we have students fundraising, we have students reaching out to students in particular emerging countries that are suffering now. There is a spirit of of actually, you know, walking the talk. It's it's not just a tagline. It's not just something to say because it's in vogue. There really is a true belief, meaning, and action behind that. And, and I see it every day with our students. Fantastic. Um, no, Katie, thank you so much for for coming on and speaking to me uh, about about INSEAD and about your sort of your views more generally as well. Um, as I mentioned, people should look in the description and there'll be some some links as well for a bit more information. And are your applications um, open now or are they opening a little later in the year? We, it depends on the program, but we have a number of rolling applications. There's a number of deadlines. Um, and I also just want to mention we do quite a few webinars that are open to the community. So if you also just check online, um, you know, sometimes those are, you know, Africa related, sustainability, innovation, gender equality very related issues. And we're always happy to have guests if those programs um, are, are shared to the public. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. <laughs>